0: This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you.
1: Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at seven seven three two three nine eleven ten.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Awesome Albums with Caesar and Eddie. Eddie, today we'll be talking about a very, very special album dear to our hearts. And to talk about this album brought a very, very special guest with us.
0: An extraordinary guest for an extraordinary album.
1: Oh man, I don't know if I can live up to that <laughs> hype or anything. Jesus.
2: <laughs> this is the WXAV director. Is is that the appropriate?
1: Yeah, director of student media here. There you
2: go. Peter Creighton. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I love talking to Beatles, and this is going to be fun. Yes. Today we'll be talking about Revolver by the Beatles, which I know you guys love. I've loved the Beatles for quite a while, but I kind of overlooked Revolver, so I think it was appropriate for us to talk about Revolver.
0: Yeah. I first heard Revolver when I was in fifth grade, and I remember... That was also the moment i was hooked on the beatles that revolver always stood out for me and so to talk about this album let's just jump into it
2: first thing off the bat revolver is probably the most perfect experimental rock album it's just how so i'm curious there is a great blend of experimentation catchy hooks absolutely and i want to say imagination in revolver
1: yeah i just found it interesting that you would say that because typically Everyone would say Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club Band, is the perfect experimental record. But you're going with Revolver. I would agree with you on that
2: front. So funny story. Before listening to this album, before I got it on vinyl, actually, because I got it over the break, Sgt. Pepper was probably my favorite Beatles album. But then I kept listening to Revolver over and over again. I was like, oh my god, this might be my favorite Beatles album now.
1: Well, it's funny. Probably about 10, 15 years ago, the Chicago Sun-Times, which is a newspaper here did an article about revolver actually being the beatles masterpiece record their whole argument was it wasn't pepper it was magical mystery tour for a lot of the reasons you guys have mentioned so far and it's a really compelling argument it is experimental i mean you got tomorrow never knows is on there even a track like she said she said eleanor rigby tax man i always look at revolver as the perfect beatles record because it's balanced There's about four Paul tracks, there's about four John tracks, there's about three George Harrisons, and then there's a Ringo, which is a Paul song, but it's Ringo on it, but there's never another record in the Beatles' discography that's as
2: balanced as Revolver is. And it's funny because I never really looked at the credits for any Beatles album except for this one, because we had to talk about this one, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I did notice that the balance between all the songs, and it seems like they took their time to craft this album. I'm pretty sure they took their time to craft a lot of their albums. but
1: They actually didn't. Really? Yeah, so the Beatles in their early contract with EMI had to produce two records a year. So they had to have a summer release and then a Christmas release. So if you looked at the very early ones, Please Please Me comes out... It's around 63. I forgot the time in England in 63 that comes out. 64 is a weird year because they essentially have pretty close to, I think, three records off this year. It's With the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night, and then Beatles for Sale. 65 is Help and Rubber Soul then. Mm-hmm. 66 is when Revolver comes out, and it's the first year ever that they release one record. And this was actually the first album that they were finally able to take their time with and record. Really? Yes, because at this point... Well, remember, 65-ish, they play Shea Stadium. 66, when they do their final tour, it's all stadiums. It's Comiskey Park in Chicago. Their final shows in San Francisco at Candlestick Park. They're a stadium rock band at this point. So mm-hmm. at this point... The labels literally say, "We'll just do what you want," then, and they're starting to flex their muscle and say, "We're taking our time to record it." And I think Revolver—I haven't looked at the dates recently, but I think it took about four months for them to record, which at this time for the Beatles is an eternity. Yeah, and I think Revolver doesn't come out till it's late '66. I want to say it's July or August of '66, or maybe it's December. I forgot when, but it's a later release. This is why we brought them on. Yeah. It's all here, guys. Right here in my heart, man. <laughs> the amount of like books and stuff like that I've read in my time being a Beatles fan is just... I need to get a life, I think, is ultimately what it is.
0: Yeah. You touched a little bit on the recording process for Revolver. And I think one of the highlights to show how far that they were going was on the track Tomorrow Never Knows. Yeah. Not, not only was it, you know, they did a lot of stuff with like the actual tape, but I heard the story where all of the members in the studio had a piece of tape holding onto it, and they stretched it out across the room and got that on tape.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, remember, I mean, this is pre-digital era. Yeah. So everything was recorded on reel-to-reels, which we actually have two reel-to-reels in our recording studio right now, which we should take pictures of them and... Post them on our social media, which, by the way, Instagram, WXAVChicago, at WXAV883 on Twitter, and then like us on Facebook, WXAVChicago. Nice plug. Thank you. So basically what they would do is, I think at this point they had four tracks. So you would have your voice on a track, and then you would have, like, guitars and bass on another, and then drums on another. And that would be your recording. Well, the Beatles, where they became revolutionaries, then they essentially would start, like, eight tracks. So they would have one recording done and then they would feed other layers into it and like re-recorded and everything and it was a really complicated process and the reason why it like took up the entire studio is they needed all that room for all this taping and everything yeah now with tomorrow never knows with modern technology you can literally program that all into a keyboard into GarageBand, band and your set the amazing thing is they did this with essentially practical effects with putting scotch tape on it or playing it through a bathroom and all these different like techniques and everything that's how it's unbelievable and it's also the first ever backwards guitar solo in music history I believe
2: yeah I think I've noticed mm-hmm. I noticed that in the yeah. background too and on the subject of tomorrow never knows, I had always said that like a day in the life was my favorite like closing Beatles track, but again, I listened to tomorrow never knows and I was just blown away.
1: Well, you know what the basis of that song is, right?
2: A little, but... It's...
1: uh, John Lennon was in a phase about the Tibetan religion, and he was reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm -hmm. So that song was inspired by him reading this book and everything, and a lot of it was him taking phrases from the Tibetan Book of the Dead and implementing it into the song and everything that's why it's so like whimsical because it's almost like him meditating over it
2: i wrote down some lyrics that i thought were some highlights of that song such as lay down all thoughts surrender to the void it's shining it is shining now when i listen to that song i just get chills Mm -hmm. thinking about it right now i'm getting chills that's why Uh,
1: john lennon's my favorite Beatle, guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) or play the game existence to the end it's just yeah perfect yeah the perfect closing track
0: I know how we talked a little bit earlier about how the Beatles really crafted this album. We were talking about the balance a little bit earlier, too. But I also wanted to mention the way the set list is set up. Start off with Taxman. That's a George song with Paul on lead guitar on that one. Mm -hmm. And it's actually
1: the first time ever that George kicked off a record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: With a song like Taxman, too. You know,
1: one of his best. Mm -hmm. I feel like Revolver is really George's moment in the sun. Like the first time where people are going... George has some chops. Yeah. Like he has good songs beforehand. And for me, the breakout track is I Need You Off of Help. Like mm-hmm. that's when you hear and you're like, wow, that is on par with Lennon and McCartney. He continues mm-hmm. that onto Rubber Soul. And then it revolvers like boom. Like people are always surprised with George that he wrote All Things Must Pass. And that's the best solo Beatles album. And I always go to him and say, if you want to see George's brilliance, go back. It starts at Revolver. It's really like, this is the showcase to shine. And Taxman is just such a great, first off, great song. Yeah. Great opening track. Nice little needling he's doing there about having to pay taxes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To further that point even more, Love You Too is Mm -hmm. George experimenting with his early Indian and sitar Mm -hmm. um, musical accompaniment.
1: Yeah. Super psychedelic. That song would have fit in very well on Sgt. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Very well. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I almost feel like Sgt. Pepper is a step backwards for George. Like, Within You, Without You is a great song, but they're not as good as the songs off of Revolver. Mm -hmm. Revolver is like George's flexing his muscles saying, guess what? I'm just as good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, not only that, you have I'm Only Sleeping, which is another great John track. Very reflective, very psychedelic and everything. You really see John moving away from the love songs of the early Beatles. He's experimenting here. He's trying to find himself. Mm -hmm. It's actually right around this time too. It's about late 65, early 66, he meets Yoko Ono. So her influence on him is really starting to begin to take hold in that. All the while you have McCartney being McCartney. Yeah. You have Yellow Submarine on this album, which is one of the greatest pop songs ever written. Yes. You have, I want to tell you, fantastic Eleanor Rigby oh yeah what a what a great great song it's one is my, Eleanor Rigby It's like one
2: of my top five Beatles
1: songs oh yeah it's so good and you see everything that's going on add to that just like the level of the musicianship Ringo's really rocking out on the drums here it's just it's them almost at their peak which is weird to say because they have so many other great records to follow them
0: but man it, it's a killer album And also I wanted to mention the album cover for this for Revolver. It's the first one where the Beatles are not showing their actual faces as like a picture. You Mm -hmm. know? It's all drawn and it's drawn by Klaus Foreman. Klaus Forman. Yeah, yeah. who
1: is a friend of theirs from their Hamburg days in the late fifties, early sixties. He was friends with Astrid, who famously fell in love with Stuart, the bassist, and Stuart was John's best friend from art college and all that. If there was, like, a group of unofficial Beatles, Klaus Vorman is definitely a part of that group and everything. He oh, was, yeah. uh, for the entire run, he was a very intimate part of the Beatles' inner circle. And, in fact, when John Lennon recorded Plastic Ono Band in 1970, he only had three people on that uh, record. It was John Lennon, Ringo Starr, and Klaus Vorman on mm-hmm. the bass. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend at the time, Astrid, was the one who... Stylized the Beatles haircut. Yeah. She did the Beatles mop top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I love Revolver. Um, it's – Rubber Soul is my favorite. Um, but I subscribe to what George Harrison always said in the Beatles anthology, which he sees Rubber Soul and Revolver as a double album. Okay. And I completely agree with him on that. And – For my money, I can listen to Revolver and Rubber Soul at any time, at any point, and I will always enjoy it. And I've listened to these records now over 20 years, and I still hear new things that I've forgotten about or have never heard for the first time. And for me, that is the hallmark of one of the greatest albums ever, is that it's now over 50 years old. I mean, here we are talking about it. Yes.
2: Yeah. One last thing to add is that I'm really glad that I ended up listening to this album over and over again because I finally see the light. I would say now it is my favorite Beatles album. Nice. And I understand why you would have that, Eddie, as your your number one Beatles album.
0: Yeah. Welcome aboard.
2: Thank
1: you. Awesome. So I want to know, top three tracks off of Revolver.
0: Okay. She Said, She Said, And Your Bird Can Sing. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And Here, There, and Everywhere yeah
1: that's a good one paul says that's his favorite song he's ever written is here there everywhere mm-hmm. really
0: yeah it's a shame it's short but yeah love it yeah it's a great
1: one
2: another thing i mean we talked about how balanced this album is but like every song is like the perfect length in my opinion mm-hmm. it's so good mm-hmm. my personal favorites number three would probably be i'm only sleeping number two would be eleanor rigby and number one is tomorrow never knows excellent excellent and
1: pete I love She Said, She Said. Mm-hmm. That is such a great John song. Taxman. Yes. It's a classic. And I got agree. Tomorrow Never Knows. I mean, it's iconic in its status and everything. It's incredible.
2: One of the only songs to just blow me away and give me chills.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So that wraps up our discussion on Revolver by The Beatles. Pete, thank you once again for joining us.
1: Thanks for letting me jump
2: in here and talk about The Beatles. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. And hopefully we can have you on in another episode. Absolutely. In the future. Eddie, next week, we'll be talking about The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. This has been another episode of Awesome Albums with Caesar and Eddie on WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.